Hello everyone and welcome to Green Talk, our podcast on sustainability. So uh, Martin and I are very pleased to welcome uh, Olivier Leduc today to talk about circular economy. Olivier, you are the CEO of RepairSeb. So thank you very much for being here with us today. Uh, could you start by first presenting yourself and a bit your background and explain what uh, RepairSeb is? Yes, so thank you very much for, for having me and uh, it's a pleasure to, to have you at uh, Reparcel today. Um, so, um, Olivier Leduc, so I uh, manage uh, Reparcel for uh, two years uh, since the company uh, started. And uh, before that, uh, I did 10 years uh, in the automotive industry at uh, Valeo uh, in uh, finance and uh, project management to uh, launch two uh, new plants uh, in North America and, uh, and do uh, program management for uh, new vehicle launches. I did that after uh, business school uh, at, at Odensea in, uh, in France. Okay, that will speak to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Reparseb, it's, uh, it's two years old, uh, to give it a little bit of, of context. Um, today we have uh, 30 people, so we have uh, 10 what we call permanent people, like staff, and we have 20 people in uh, reintegration. Mm -hmm. And the goal by uh, next year, 2024, is to have about 30 people in reintegration uh, on a daily basis, and uh, which will rotate based on the, on the uh, as they uh, get a job outside of Reparcel. And so the logic of Reparseb is a reintegration of uh, men and women who are unemployed for uh, whatever reason for a long time. Uh, the, the, the belief is um, by resolving uh, social issues, uh, housing, um, handicap, being coming from migration, having been living in the streets, whatever the reason, uh, you can uh, restore uh, people's own confidence and uh, get them back to uh, like a normal life and a normal work activity within society. And, and so that's the logic behind the creation of Reparcel. And um, what are the different uh, shareholders and stakeholders that are part of the initiative? And uh, what are uh, their implication maybe in the design thinking uh, to um, include uh, the production in the circular economy process. So Reparcel today we have two uh, shareholders. Uh, we have on one side uh, the group ARES, uh, which is an association um, which uh, accompanies about 2,000 people uh, per year towards uh, long-time employment. Their specificity is really about reintegrating people into society. And, and the second shareholder is uh, Group Seb. So Group Seb is all the brands uh, like uh, Tefal, Molinex, uh, Krups, uh, Lagostina, Roventa. And it's uh, the worldwide leader in small domestic appliances. And basically, the, the logic is uh, coming from a group SEB. They are really uh, focused on repairability of their product for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And they are having an issue, which is that uh, uh, there is a, the, the very high cost of rent and, uh, and the difficulty to find experienced technical people. 
have, uh, have uh, generated an issue in big cities that there is no more repair shops in big cities. Mm -hmm. um, and so for them, in the logic of repairability, that's a big issue uh, because uh, Paris is uh, one of the uh, biggest markets, right? And we are the only uh, repair shop in Paris, oh, yeah. right? And you have the same issue now in Lyon, in Lille, in Marseille, in Nantes, and it's just a growing issue uh, because uh, uh, rent costs are, are just uh, skyrocketing. And so to answer to your question about uh, uh, a shift in mindset, uh, they were really focused on how can we get repair shop close to the uh, end consumers because they realized that it was very important for uh, their consumers to have a, a direct access to a repair shop because people are very attached to their small domestic appliances, right? When you uh, have your, uh, your uh, bread maker or your coffee maker, you just want it to work and you want to change it. Part of their logic was uh, we need to design products which are uh, repairable. So mm -hmm. at the design phase, you make sure it's a small uh, components put together, that you don't have any more uh, uh, plastic clips, but you have screws everywhere. So when you have to um, open the product, you don't have to break the plastic parts, mm -hmm. right? And just, uh, you can disassemble it very easily. So you have to think uh, at the design phase. You have to have the uh, spare parts available, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the engagement from Group Seb is uh, 10 years of spare parts available for all the products since 2015. And it's 15 years for all the products since 2021. Okay. Uh, so that's a very big commitment. And they have a huge uh, warehouse in the east of France to store all the spare parts. But same logic, you have to be able to store them, to be able to ship them everywhere at a decent cost. You need to make sure they are small components. The third uh, components of repairability is to have the uh, documentation to disassemble, to test, to repair the products uh, available and freely available, right? And GroupSev made, has made their documentation fully available. There is a lot of tutos on YouTube on how to do it yourself, how to disassemble your parts, how to order your components and everything. And the last piece of that is to have the repair shops available, right, for the consumer who are not uh, uh, taking the risks to uh, do it themselves. So there is clearly a shift in the way you think the product. And clearly GroupSev is very ahead of their competitors in this, in this topic. And they were the one who wanted to do this repair shop in uh, in uh, in Paris. Okay. So how is uh, Reparseb able to merge uh, the environmental, the social, and economic benefits of the company and uh, function with all of these three uh, aspects in mind? Okay. So, so I think the first thing in whatever project is to be uh, economically vi viable, right? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's our main challenge. Why we exist is for social impact, right? That's, that's, that's the reason why we exist, is to get okay. the people we work with back uh, into society with a long-lasting job. But for that, we need to find, uh, and it has been the challenge for the last two years, uh, the right uh, economic model to be able to repair products uh, while making money So we are the only one with small domestic appliances. So for um, bigger domestic appliances like uh, washing machines, fridge, uh, there is a freezers, you have a lot of, uh, of uh, repair shops. But for small domestic appliances, you don't because there is a huge diversity uh, in products, right? If you do a coffee machine mm -hmm. or a bread toaster or uh, 
an iron machine or vacuum cleaner, it has nothing to do, right? It's very different components, very different parts. The, the, the struggle was to find the right value for the repair activity. And there was a big work with Seb on how to uh, find the right, how, how do you share the value uh, between the uh, constructor, between the repair and with the final consumer. Right? Mm -hmm. And today we believe we have found the balance. We are not uh, yet uh, at zero, right? Uh, we hope to be uh, next year. Uh, we are fully confident we will be next year. Uh, we just need to increase our volumes, but that, that's uh, not, not an issue. But it was really to find the right uh, sharing of the value between all the different stakeholders uh, to be able to make it work, right? So our goal is to be at zero. We don't have a purpose to make profit. And actually in our statute, uh, there is no profit that can go to any of the shareholders. Right? So all the profit is reinvested back into the project. Mm -hmm. So social project, by essence, mm -hmm. it has to be uh, economically viable. And the environmental part of it, it's, a, it's just a plus. We, it's an add-on okay. we have on the project, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it makes a lot of sense. It's, a, it's, a, it's obvious, right, by what we do. Uh, but uh, it was really, uh, it, it's just so obvious that we don't even talk about it. Okay, so uh, right. it's, yeah. it's very essential and makes a lot of sense for many cons consumers today. It's uh, just really a, a plus on the project, which is okay. just a very complete project. So it wasn't designed that way at the beginning? Not really. Okay. Just by essence, I guess, repairability yeah. is, uh, has an environmental positive impact, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was really not designed, right? it was, uh, we never thought about it, right? It was a repair okay. project, so it was uh, environmentally friendly by essence, but uh, just really part of it. And uh, on the social part, uh, could you explain uh, um, how works the professional reintegration uh, at uh, Reparseb? Yes, so the way it works. Basically, we have a help from the government. We get a subvention uh, from the government to, um, to help those people, okay. which is uh, half of the SMIC, of the minimum wage, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and uh, the condition is that they can be with us for a maximum of 24 months, right? So we have those people 24 months with us maximum, uh, for which we get uh, financial help, right? Mm -hmm. To uh, help them resolve the social issues, learn uh, the work uh, attitudes and skills, and find the right job for them. And so the way it works is about 20% of the time is dedicated to social activities. So there is a, a social and professional coach on site uh, that uh, follows them on a daily basis. We have uh, specific trainings based on the needs. So if uh, some people don't speak French or very little French, so we have them in intensive French classes. Mm -hmm. uh, some people need help with uh, computer usage. So we get them yeah. training to how to learn to use a computer. Some people need help with, uh, they don't really know what they want to do. So we get them into what are the jobs that are hiring today? What type of activity? What skills do you need? Um, then we help them with uh, preparing their curriculum and motivation later, right? Mm -hmm. as, uh, as we do every time we're looking for a job. Mm -hmm. And then the getting training for interviews. 
right, to get ready for the interview once they get them to be make sure once you have it, you get successful at it. Mm-hmm. So that's on really on the social side. And then we help them, so training and then uh, like social uh, issues, for example, uh, many people have issues with housing in Paris. Yeah. So we help them like get the, all the documents with the administration so they can get the process to have permanent housing. Uh, we help some, some people with, um, in partnership uh, with uh, uh, specific uh, like social workers outside of uh, Repartsev, of course, huh? but uh, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, getting the right papers or long-term papers, right, so they can work afterwards. Some people need uh, help with uh, recognition of a discapacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we work with them and with the social workers they have outside to get all the papers, all the recognition they need for, uh, for, for, uh, so they can get the recognition afterwards. So uh, all the social aspects, we work with them on that. And then 80% of the time, they are doing uh, the repair activities we do here. And the logic is, first of all, learn the habits of uh, work, right, or relearn the habits of work in France. So uh, having a boss, uh, respecting hours, like following instructions, like all the basics. And uh, in French, of course, and then learning the skill as well of repairability, right? So some mm-hmm. people uh, were uh, having a lot of skills in electricity, in plumbery, in whatever, but some people never touched a product before. And so we have more training to do with them on that. Both activities, uh, the logic is between 6, 8, 10, 12, 18 months to be able to get them back to, uh, to work. Okay, and just about the, the trainings, uh, the trainings, are they made uh, internally uh, here at Repulsive? Alors, uh, here, uh, some of them, uh, but most of them are done with RS. So if you okay. remember the two shareholders yeah. we have, one is dedicated to uh, reintegration work. And so they, they, they communalized the uh, trainings for all 2,000 people they accompany, like in all the activities they have uh, in, in Paris. And are there typical profiles that you target, for instance? In the Repartsev? Yes. Yes, so it's a very good question. So uh, we have a very limited capacities, right? We only have 30 uh, jobs, yeah. which is very little compared to the 2,000 RS has. So we try to uh, target people who have a project in repair activities, right? Okay. So when we hire people, we tell the social workers we work with, hey, uh, we have a spot available. Uh, if you have people who have interest in that, send them to us. So it's not okay. an obligation, but it's better if you like what you do, right? It's yeah. a more motivation to do it every day and learn to do it and, and then it's more justification once you have to do an interview. Uh, if you practice a job for 18 months or two years, then if you want to do a, a baker man afterwards, it's, it's, it's harder to justificate that you did repair shop for, for two years with us. Okay. So our society promotes new product all the time. Uh, but do you see a shift in mindset when it comes to people buying used products? I guess very slowly. Uh, so when I started two years ago, I think it was only uh, like super engaged, uh, environmentally friendly people who uh, okay, were looking for uh, the shops I was doing repair work and everything. I think more and more today uh, we are getting people who are looking for a good price, 
right? Yeah. So you had a very high inflation last year, especially on small domestic appliances. And on the other hand, you have um, the Fonds de Réparation uh, from the French government who helps give you uh, like money for repairing your product. So for example, if you have to repair uh, your vacuum cleaner, uh, the cost is maybe, uh, I don't know, 50 euros or 70 euros, and you can get 30 or 40 euros help from the government. So that's a very good incitation to get your product repaired. And so I think more and more people are trying to find the repair shops to do it and, and getting more used to repair their activity instead of their products instead of, uh, of buying a new one. Uh, do you plan on developing Reparseb in other cities uh, across France? I think you mentioned before uh, Lyon and Nantes that may have the same problem that, that we have here in Paris. Yes, Alors, of course we think about it, but uh, there is, I think, there is, uh, I think we, we demonstrated that we can do it. It can work with small domestic appliances, and so I can only encourage people to go and create their own in other cities. Uh, young students like you, uh, people already have a repair company. I think there is a need to uh, uh, duplicate this model. I don't know if it will be called Reparseb or something else, but I think there is really a need to duplicate it for sure. And so, what would you say to a student who just graduated and who wants to have a positive impact but is not willing to sacrifice a high salary? Would you have Any recommendation for our auditors? Uh, we know that you have been doing uh, another job before, so yeah, would you have any recommendation on this? Uh, I don't know if recommendation. I think it's a very uh, personal uh, way. I think, uh, but I think uh, first of all, we need to to be clear on what is a salary for. I think it's very important to uh, understand what are our needs and uh, based on that, define how much we need. I think we have grown up in the logic that we need to make the most money possible and every year make more money. And I think, it's, uh, I think we can see it another way, we can present it another way, instead of thinking of it as a sacrifice, just to try to define, okay, what do I like? How much do I need? And, uh, and then if I get the money I need, Like, like for, for the needs I have, then I'm okay, right? I just don't need to make more, right? If we get more, we can always spend more. There is a thousand ways to do it. But I think it's really just a way to uh, define what you need, define what you want, and I think it's, uh, and then you can adjust your salary based on that. I think it's way easier than thinking of it as, okay, uh, how do I sacrifice a high salary and how do I do it? I think it's easier to try not to compare with other people It's hard, but I think that the best way is uh, well, try, to, try to define it another way. And even if people decide to go for a few years to a bigger company, uh, I did that, it's, uh, it's not opposed to the fact that you are trying to have an impact, or trying to think of it differently. Uh, honestly, there is no right way or wrong way to do it. I think it's just really uh, try things, ask questions, Uh, get involved uh, in companies. You, you have something called pro bono or mecenat competence in French, which is a very valuable tool for young people who don't want to sacrifice or are not sure yet they want to sacrifice their salary to go to a social job. Uh, it's a very good way to, to try something. Uh, voilà. So don't be afraid and, and really define your need, define what your salary is for, and I think it really helps to uh, uh, reconcile ourselves with a, with a lower income. Uh, on a monthly basis. Okay. 
So do you also see a trend uh, in businesses to implement more and more circular economy? Uh, for sure, I think everyone today has to have uh, uh, RSE activity and, uh, and more and more circular economy. Uh, and I think there is uh, two ways to do it, right? I think you have a big company for which the core business stays the same, but you uh, justify or you have part of your activity, which is a circular economy which is, again, there is no right or wrong, which is a way to uh, uh, say, okay, I'm, I'm still staying on, staying on my core business because this is where I make money and I have to abide by the rules of the way it works and has been working for 100 years. Um, but I'm trying to do something within my company, within the same way I do things. And I think what we see is more and more companies that put circular economy at uh, the heart of what they do, right? So you have new companies that make uh, furniture, for example, based on the circular. They are not like a big IKEA that does a little bit of circular economy, right? They are a company that makes all the furniture based on stuff they have recovered from somewhere else or things like that. Again, I don't think there is one right way or wrong way, but I think there is more and more activities around that. And today, uh, just to give you a figure, 10% of employment in France is in uh, the uh, ESS, Economie Sociale et Solidaire, which most of it is based on circular economy, when you get uh, all the fruit and vegetables to make marmalade, and uh, when, uh, uh, like Reparseb, when you get all products, you repair them to put them back in the market, like all of it. So most of it is based around that. So I, I really think uh, uh, circular economy is the, the way to go forward. Uh, I believe personally that it should be a dedicated activity around that, but I think it's a very good way for big companies to start doing a little bit of it with having a part of their activity around circular economy. Okay. Yeah, it was really uh, insightful for our auditors. So thank you very much uh, for your time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much for having listened to our podcast and thank you again, Olivier, for your very interesting insights. On our side, we invite you in two weeks for our next episode with Adam from the Master of Business Transformation for Sustainability at Catch Business School. We will talk about choosing a path in sustainability and opportunities related to this field. Take care of yourself and see you in two weeks.